We are back with episode 41 of the Cowcast. I'm Eric. I am James. And we are here to talk C2E2 Retailer Summit. Yes, we are. It is late. 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 The Retailer Summit wrapped up at about 9.45. Yep. Um, We got out of there, I would say, just just because of the the way that the line works. Um, At the end of the night, we're not really jumping the gun, but we'll just kind of explain our uh, current state of... uh, Exhaustion? Yeah. Um, The line ends... Or the, uh, there's a big line at the end of the night in the, the giant um, food uh, food court area f- uh, of the retailer summit where they have the we hit that same room three times. We go there for breakfast in the morning. We go there for lunch in the middle of the day, and then um, at about six o'clock we go in there for uh, what's supposed to be dinner and presentations by the gold sponsor. Uh, free comic book day companies yeah. minus Marvel and DC who have their own separate panels during the course of the day. So it's everybody from like Aftershock to Boom. And if you did to- that mental math correctly, 6 p.m. to 9.45 p.m. Yes, that's three hours and 45 minutes while we sit there. And watch PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, now I've done, it can <laughs> I've done be that a little before for other jobs. This was fun. This is a lot more fun because we did get beer. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. They have, you know, the food was decent. Um, and who are we to complain about free food? Ultimately, we could sit here and nitpick, but um, the food was decent. Uh, we had free beer, and we would alternate beers and sodas. And uh, you know, you don't nobody wants to make it drunk, and uh, you know what, out of themselves. Right. Although we had someone, we had by someone us next to us who was, who was no, not afraid of that. Yeah, he's going a, a little overboard on the drinks. I think he must have started early. Anyways, so towards the end of the retailer summit, uh, what happens is everybody's been sitting there for about three hours, going on three and a half, and people are kind of sick of it. And the problem is earlier in the day, we've gone through uh, and we've talked to these publishers and we kind of have an idea. They've explained what's going on, what's coming out in person when we're at these sort of more personal one-on-one workshops it gets a lot harder to kind of just sit there and listen to everything, but you, you get a, a goodie bag at the end. It's got some cool con exclusives and whatnot. Now, this has led to uh, a little bit of controversy that started tonight. I think it's worth. I think it's worth noting. I would roll my eyes to. I think it's worth noting though, just that people like the inside scoop, and I'll tell them the inside scoop on some of the retailer boards that we are a part of. There's a, if this is the biggest inside scoop to come out of this, then it's not. Wow. No, but it's a, it's a, a window into the it's realm of the, into the stupid minutia that yes. you d- deal with as a retailer. So in some of these retailer boards that we're a part of, uh, because everybody gets up a little bit early, maybe 20 minutes early, because they want to get early, they want to be in line to get their bag of free swag that you get when you leave. And this line gets huge. I mean, this is a we we saw the um, uh, room occupancy sign with tables was seven hundred and fourteen people. One of the things that Boom did was they announced that there was a a comic that they were giving away in the free swag bags that night or tonight that was limited to three hundred. Well, we looked around the room. And we said there's a lot more than three hundred people in here. So we wanted to get the Power Rangers book. So us, along with probably, you know, 200... <laughs> 200 of our closest friends right. that we've never met before. 200 other people got up <laughs> and kind of went to the back of the room and got in, in this line. And we were still watching the uh, present. It was the tail end of IDW, and then Image came on after that. And we were watching the tail end of it, but, you know, also wanted to be in line because this line gets huge. And it loops around the room like a big snake. And um, we got our stuff eventually after the uh, presentation ended. They opened the doors, and then we had to navigate the McCormick parking and 
After that, we were about uh, 17 miles away from McCormick Place, uh, or at least the hotel we got is, uh, which doesn't sound like it would normally take a while to get to, although Chicago traffic can make any uh, quick trip almost insurmountable. Not as bad as New York City or L.A., but not that far off. Yeah, well, then you combine that with the uh, rain, sleet, and snow that was alternating the whole night on the way back. So we got back here, and then we unloaded all of our stuff from the car. And then we we both had a bunch of business stuff we had to take care of tonight. So we finally just wrapped all of that up, and and that took uh, about the last two hours. And so now we are finally recording, and um, that's that's what took a while. But though, yeah, the um, and we're a little we're a little uh, adult-brained at yeah. this point, just so you know. Forgive us. But the controversy is there are a lot of the retailers that are upset at the other retailers that got up and stood in the line and did not give. IDW and image the respect that they deserved the, by staying seated yes, at their table. Perceived did not give them the respect. Right. Well, that's that's what there's now. It's funny because there's a bunch of different retailers arguing back and forth about it, and it's too long. You know, sitting there for for almost four hours staring at a sli- uh, PowerPoint slideshow was kind of goofy. We just absorbed all of the same information four hours earlier at the workshop. Which is true. Which ran Which for three true. hours that so, you talked yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it does get, uh, you get these elements of um, just complete and utter minutia. And it, it reminded me of when I used to go to trade shows for a different job and I would have to sit there and, and you know, kind of deal with the same thing, although it wasn't comic related, which made it even worse. The Retailer Summit is a really, really cool, uh, really, really very, it's a helpful event for us with regard to the one-on-one contacts that we get to make, both with these same publishers we're talking about and people in the industry uh, and people at Diamond with other uh, store owners that have uh, insight, both uh, old and new. You know, we talked to somebody today for a while. We talked to a couple that... Um, their first retailer summit was last year and they didn't even have their store open then. And they've been open for less than a year. They opened August of last year. So this is their first retailer summit being open, uh, as a store. And, you know, then there are the guys that we talked to that have been a comic book store for 30 years and, uh, talking to diamond, we get some really cool information. Um, we found out that there are still some retailers, old timers, that mail in handwritten orders or fax, or fax them yeah. in. Anyway, long story short, the um, the power the dinner PowerPoint three hour forty five minute presentation it really gets people and, ir- irritated. And I'll and I'll add to that with you're basically you're you're sitting for breakfast, then you go and sit in a panel, then you go and sit in the DC discussion. Then you go and sit in a panel. Mm-hmm. Then you go to lunch. Then you go sit in a Marvel panel. Then you get up finally. So, I mean, you've spent eight hours sitting. You get up for two hours, and then you spend another three and a half hours sitting. I, I, I'm i sorry. I had to get up, I don't know, about halfway through, and I said, I got to go stand by the wall because I mm-hmm. my butt was getting sick of sitting. Well, let's talk about the ones. There were some engaging uh, presentations, though, at the dinner. And I think the the best, most entertaining one, as seems to be the case every year, was Eric Powell with Albatross Funny Books, because it's usually the shortest one too. It is. It's one of the shortest ones. So he got, and I apparently it's on YouTube already. I saw uh, somebody posted a link to it, uh, one of the boards that I look at, and um, he got up and he kind of, kind of made fun of the some of the normal complaints. He he went up to the the podium and said gimmicks and variant covers are killing the industry or something. And then he played this ridiculous video about pickles. Yeah. And then he did another, and I knew right off the bat, I heard the first couple of notes. He was playing the, he had some video. He was playing the good, goodbye horses. The one that was used in the silence of the lambs when Buffalo Bill is making his woman suit (laughs) and it goes over and it's in like the same sort of a basement. He kind of replicates it. And it's Eric Powell instead of Buffalo Bill sitting at a desk. 
putting on makeup and he's like, would you buy my books? I'd buy my books. You know, just kind of funny. Uh, and everybody, everybody laughed at that and that added a little levity. And luckily that was kind of towards the beginning of the event as well. Um, so everybody was still fired up by that point. Our friend was still sipping their first beverage. That's true. <laughs> Our friends at after show. Well, then that's the other thing. When, when we got up towards the end of the night and you look at some of the tables, there are like 30 beer cans and coffee cups. And like, it is, it, it was to the point where people are just like going carafe after carafe of coffee to just stay awake through it. We're not complaining. Get, no, don't the get me wrong. We're not complaining. Actually, pretty good tonight. Yeah. I had two cups. We're just sort of explaining what's this going what on. Happens. Um, our friends at Aftershock put on a great presentation that happened to have yeah. uh, Cowabunga Comics in it, which was really cool. Yep, that was uh, probably the most exciting bit of the entire day was uh, having the store and us with Garth Ennis and Brian and Joe and. Uh, Phil, Phil and, and uh, just up there in front of everybody, which was pretty cool. And they kept that slide on there probably longer than any other slide in their entire presentation, which was really, really cool. I know Eric was dreading because I had sent in a video of him yeah. recording sort of a testimonial about Aftershock. And you were cringing every time they jumped to a new slide because they were playing a bunch of those. Uh, Thank but, goodness for all involved. I was not featured on the, the presentation. Yeah, I was the only one that made that slideshow. Um, but yeah, Aftershocks was great. And as usual, they have, I, I think they're one of the best publishers on the market. Um, certainly the best small publisher. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the controversy is that there's a bunch of retailers and that are pissed off and arguing with other retailers about it. And our so mindset on that is if that's the biggest thing they've got to worry about, good for them. I know they're, they're. There's already some name for it, like uh, Line Gate or something. So that's just the little, the little stupid the, drama that came the out. Petty of the drama night. that retailers play, which we try to stay out of and above. And so let's get off of that. Let's move on to the two big things. Well, why day. don't? Yeah, we'll just start at the beginning. I no, I think let's just cut we, to it. Or I guess nobody, we started. We started nobody cares at the end. what our breakfast was. So no, let's no. go right into the two big panels. So the DC panel was the first one we went to. And yep. Um, it featured, essentially it featured Dan Didio and Jim Lee. And now, uh, we had talked last night and, uh, we talked to, uh, Ski and some other guys, uh, from DC. And today we talked to Stuart Shrek and Adam Phillips yeah. and, uh, some of the other, and Jenna, we yeah, talked to Jenna some side. of the, the people in their, um, sales team, which, uh, and they've got, you know, one of the best sales teams in, in the, uh, industry. Yeah. Um, agreed. So we, we talked to them. We talked to Stuart this morning for a little while at the breakfast. Uh, and um, they weren't really, you know, well, I guess Adam sat up there looking pretty, clicking the uh, slideshow. <laughs> but those the guys from the sales team weren't really heavily involved with the, the DC panel. It was, as you said, Jim Lee and Dan DiDio, uh mostly rocking it out. So yep. you want to take this one? Well, we can go back and forth. So, yeah, it, it was basically kind of a rundown of, what DC Comics has got coming forward. So we had the uh, the young adult and the all ages line books that they featured first. DC Zoom and DC, DC Inc. And uh, it was a real nice breakdown for us just to understand what's going on. Actually, there were some mm. titles that I'm kind of excited to read myself. But probably the one that stuck out the most that was exciting was the uh, the premise of Bruce Wayne. The Batmobile. The Batmobile. Yeah. The Bruce Wayne story where he... Uh, his parents obviously have been have been murdered, and he's in was it like junior high or something like that. And so he's uh, to kind of get get his mind off things. He starts tinkering on a car, and it's basically the origin of the Batmobile. Mm -hmm. Is kind of what's going on. So so that was really cool. Uh, and was, if you have, um, I think <clears throat> if I recall correctly, the um, slideshow or the videos in the slideshow for each new sort of imprint they said were the ones that they had played at WonderCon. Yeah. So if, and I know that those made their way to YouTube. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see any of these videos that they showed at the summit today, um, you can go to YouTube and type in uh, DC WonderCon presentation or DC WonderCon, um, DC Zoom or Inc. And yep. you can watch the same videos that we did. Yeah. And so that was, that was a really good little, 
a deeper look for us kind of on a more of a publisher to retailer level where kind of they literally put a grid up on the screen for us to understand what the key themes and notes of the different lines of books mm. meant. So we understood like these are for um, like they literally put in there and some of them, uh, this line of books is for adults who are into comics to help get their kids into comics. The other line is more for just younger kids getting into comics and having some sort of a, I don't, I don't know if it's a, I guess it's kind of a moral code behind them to kind of help, you know, shape them, form them in the sense of being well-rounded and a, uh, a good person, you know, so it's kind of like a, a growth story for kids in it. So a lot of cool stuff. From DC Comics with well, and, the young... And creatively, too, it's, they had... And this is what I thought was very yeah. interesting. That the... One of the lines, I think it was DC Zoom, which is the one that's geared towards the younger kids, um, was... It said specifically that they were all written in the third person. DC Inc., which was the one that skews a little bit older, was written in first person. And that was on the list of descriptions for each each line. So I guess if you wanted to write for DC Inc., you better be ready to write in first person, you know, right. versus uh, third in DC Zoom. Right. So that's I thought that was kind of an interesting creative cho- or editorial choice, I should say. Um, but yeah, that so that was cool. Um, after that, they jumped into DC Nation. DC Nation, which uh, the numbers are out. Uh, they they wouldn't tell us before. We had asked a few of the guys, and I think Dan probably just he's the one because Adam told us in a few weeks they'd put it out. But I think Dan was like, "Should we tell him? Should we? Can we say the sales?" And then you know, Dan DiDio wants to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah, yeah who's going to say no? Right. So he put it out, and by now I know it's been it's been on all the big um, comic news sites. But uh, DC DC Nation pre FOC has hit a million co- over a million copies ordered. Yep, and um, that's just a huge number, but that led to a pretty funny exchange with the Dio and Jim Lee, where he was uh, ribbing Jim Lee about how I know, I know, X Men sold eight million, so the uh, Dio was trying to kind of jokingly tell everyone to we need to get the orders up by another seven million to shut Jim Lee up. Yep, and Jim, Jim was kind of laughing and saying that he likes to remind Dan of that every time they talk about it. So. <laughs> uh but the um, after that, they jumped into, oh, let's talk about DC Nation. Yeah. It's going to have three stories in it. Obviously, it's going to be a 25-cent book. Um, it'll come out the Wednesday before Free Comic Book Day. Coincidentally, that's the day we do our soft open. Um, but it's going to have three stories in it. It's going to have a uh, Tom King Batman story. It's going to have a Bendis Superman story. And what was the third one? Uh uh, uh, Justice League? Yeah, I think yeah. it's Snyder Justice League. Yeah. Can we tease, or not tease, can we tell them Ooh. what we're doing with that? Yeah, go ahead and tease. So, we are getting a plethora of this DC Nation book, but they are Calabunga exclusive. And for those that are in the store... Calabunga exclusive back covers. Right, back covers with coupons on them. So... If you are a Cowabunga in-store customer, that might be something of interest for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And our logo is featured on the front, too. I actually got the proofs uh, two days ago and was able to show James. It's it's pretty slick. Yeah, looks cool. Um, so that's DC Nation. Uh, after that, they jumped into the what I think is probably the most exciting thing that they have coming out. Yeah. Which is the black label line. Yes. So this is going to be sort of a... And they used, as an example, uh, what their best-selling trades are. Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, um, V for Vendetta, things like that. Well, I don't know if V for Vendetta was, was the best, you know, because that spun out of uh, Warrior. But, um, but yeah, uh, Bat, uh, Dark Knight and Watchmen, all these things that have no real tie to continuity. You can pick them up and they're, uh, they're timeless. And that's what Dio wants to do with this is give these, and they can be mature readers. Probably the majority of them will be, or at least skew a little bit older. They're not going to be all ages books, but they are going to be original graphic novels. 
they're going to be playing around with format size. So you'll have uh, some of them will be a tradi- uh, traditional like uh, OGN size. Others are going to be kind of that classic Marvel pres- or uh, Marvel graphic novel or Hunger Dogs size. It's a little bit oversized. Um, whatever, basically whatever the writer artist team decide that they want to do. And I know that we saw firsthand. Well, no, we didn't. We saw secondhand because there were pictures. <laughs> we yeah. saw uh, some of the pictures of some of the, the, the art. art being done on oversized sheets. Oh my gosh! Which is going to lead to some incredible detail. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty. That was pretty cool. There's going to be a there's a Wonder Woman story by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. There is a Frank Miller. Uh, Superman, Frank Miller, Superman, and was it Frank Miller? Who's that? Was that John Romita Jr. on the art? I can't remember. I know Azarello's doing a Batman. Yeah, with Lee Bermejo, which and looks, it looks unbelievable. It looks nuts. Of course, our good friend Brian Azarello. Yes. Uh, and um, what was the other one? They had six or seven of them that they they flipped through three or four of them pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, there were a couple. But uh, yeah, the one that stuck out to me was definitely the Azarello story, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be a big ordered one. Yeah, and again, this is stuff that you can find out. Oh, go ahead. Before I forget, the the thing that Dan made very clear first with the two young adults line and all ages line, Zoom and Ink, and then with Black Label was. They are going to push to make sure that the creators have the stuff in the can and can get it out on time, on cadence. Before it's solicited. Before it is solicited. So he told us that while they wanted to get the, especially the young adult stuff out this fall, it's probably not going to come out until early next year to make sure that they have everything out there. And specifically with the younger audience, their concern was if they don't get the stuff out there in the right sequence and the cadence, they're going to potentially lose those people they're trying to get. And then obviously with the black label books, again, this is going to be, some of these could be slightly oversized. Some of them Mm. could be different layouts. There could be different price points. The last thing they want to do is get people started, lose momentum and... Yeah. You know, have people falling off. So that was, you know, again, kind of a constant reminder from DC that they're trying to um, do the right thing by the retailers and making sure it's consistent. And you, yeah, and, and you can find all this information. This stuff's out there already. You can even watch the, the video. Because um, this is all, I don't think there's really any information that was new since WonderCon. Um, after, so after the DC uh, panel, which, uh, you know, wrapped up uh, exactly on time, 45 minutes. Um, you could stick around and talk to Dan DiDio or Jim Lee, and there were some people that were uh, uh, very enterprising and had brought and planned on Jim Lee being there. Scads and stuff of Jim Lee stuff. Um, we stuck around. I went up, and I, just, I didn't have anything to sign, but I just uh, talked to Jim Lee for a minute and shook his hand and, you know, told him I was a, a lifelong fan, and so that was pretty cool. And uh, This I know was he, our... Fourth, fifth time, fourth. Getting to hang out with him for a bit. Fourth, my fifth time meeting him. Yes, but uh, so that was awesome. You and my to fifth him. too, because I got to see him in Burbank. That's true. Um, after that, we had uh, we did the diamond lunch, which uh, again had some presentations by the silver uh, sponsors. So there was Viz, Tokyo Pop, uh, mm-hmm. was uh, who else? I don't know. I don't either. The, the All the ones that we ended up getting one on one time with in the workshops, anyways. Yep. Um, but after that, we went to the Marvel panel. Now here is where things are night and day from last year. I'll tell you, going to this panel, CB is the real deal. CB yep. Savolsky, that guy. Within five minutes, I liked him already. I he, he eats, sleeps, and breathes Marvel comics, and he is a fan first. The guy is earnest. Yeah. He's excited. Yeah. He was, it was, it was kind of cool because I'm guessing he hasn't done a lot of, you could tell he was nervous. He was nervous. Yeah. And he, but he was, he was not, he was nervous and excited at the same time. 
and he was talking real fast and he was just getting so into it that the enthusiasm that this guy and excitement that he felt uh, was carrying over into the crowd. And I, yep. it's amazing because the uh, last year's crowd at the Marvel panel was, I mean, it, it was like, well, you torches and pitchforks. You said it right. It was night and day. And this is not an indictment on David Gabriel. Uh, he was gone. He was in London at no, a book it, fair. No, it was, it was um, if anything, it's more an indictment of Alonso's tenure. I agree. At the time. I agree. Because the content that CB was providing, or I shouldn't say that necessarily content, the, um, the, the, the future state of what Marvel Publishing is doing was very different than what the future state was last year. And I think mm-hmm. that led to a lot of the concern and unrest last year versus this year. Uh, on on stage, on set, on stage with uh, CB was uh, one of their marketing folks who was there just to kind of confirm certain dates and timelines. Uh, and then a, a very, he's a small time creator, not too many people know of him, uh, Jason Aaron. And he was really there, I think, uh, in somewhat the same capacity that Jim Lee serves with some of the DC discussions where they're talking about retreats, what are the creative ideas, and and Jason being a writer has uh, a very good way of being able to give an insight into what is coming without giving away the storyline. So uh, he was up there, and it was very fun to just listen to CB and see you know these new series that are coming out, some of the changes that they're making, and like you said, just see him so excited to be doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was truly a different Marvel panel yeah. last year. It was neat. Um, and I'll, we'll, I don't even think we really need to go because everything that they announced, it's all, it's yeah. all out there, but let's just talk about what happened kind of at the end and then after the panel. I think that's so most the, important. the big thing, uh, the day before, uh, the, the retailer summit, it was the Wednesday. There's a, there's it was a, Wednesday. A little bit of controversy about a certain company, and now this has been going on for a while. Amazon's had the through Comicsology. Yep. They've been dumping a lot of things on the market at extremely low prices for digital, and th- I'm telling you the the retailer boards that we're a part of lit these, up. You, now you want to talk about torches and pitchforks? Yeah. It's a, it's to the point where a lot of these guys are saying we're done ordering Marvel, you know, trades. If it's OGNs. not a special order, we're done. Um, and the cool thing that CB did at the end of the panel, and he said, we've got about three minutes. And then he went on and took questions for at least 15. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's, he took questions. And that was not something that we were afforded the opportunity really of last year. But and he didn't take. It wasn't like I'll take. Uh, let's take questions, and he takes two, gets a hard question. Oh, it's time. He just kept going, and he would have kept going. So the big question that came up, and I'm telling you, like four, at least four or five people, kept going back to the subject where they were. They were saying, "We're not going to order any more of your trades or hardcovers or graphic novels like, I, until you can get this straightened up." I think the way that the question was phrased was, "Can we address the, the elephant in the room?" And CB knew exactly what it was before anything else was even said. Well, and no, he said, "Can we address the ninety-nine cent elephant, elephant in the room?" And but so he knew exactly where it was going. And now, to his his credit and maybe his detriment, he's not in charge of sales, mm-hmm. so he can't truly answer all of that. But you could see, well, which is that kind of you could see the passion in him when he answered that because you could tell he was upset. Yeah, he didn't like it, and he. Made it very clear that, and similar to how Dan DiDio speaks with DC Comics regarding the retailers, that brick and mortar stores are the lifeblood of the comic industry for publishers, and to to cast us aside is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And what ultimately was discussed was that he is not aware of the legal components that are going into this, but Marvel is looking at restructuring their. Uh, contracts and work with comicsology to make sure that things like this don't happen. He again, you know, he basically told everyone what we, you, what James and I have talked about numerous times, and that is the price is the price. Whatever Marvel charges comicsology, it's just like what they charge us. That's the price. If we choose to say this twenty four ninety nine OGN is going to be ninety nine cents, 
that's on us. That's mm-hmm. a lost leader, and that's on Amazon and Comixology. I know one of the one of the things that uh, that's brought up all the time by retailers and encouraged to Marvel, and a lot of people are a lot of retailers. At least their idea is, well, why don't we have this at least applied just to digital to have some sort of a map uh, minimum advertised price. Where and a lot of companies do this, yep. where you you cannot it's in your contract you cannot advertise and sell something for now. There's ways to get around it. You can offer coupon codes and things, um, but there are repercussions if you advertise this certain product or these certain products at uh, a price under you know whatever percent it is underneath the right. suggested retail price. Whatever they end up doing, I don't know. But I do think it reached a critical mass this uh, this week with what happened um, on Comicsology to the point where it is now. It was it used to be something where people are like, I, I can't compete with digital. Right now, people are saying if we're going to take the hurt on this, Marvel's going to feel the hurt too. Right, and we so that that leads us to afterwards. We stuck around because. CB got us excited. He got me very excited. The first yep. thing I, I did was I turned to you and I said, I like this guy a yeah, lot. Yeah, and my and, response was, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted to go talk to CB. and um, He must have hung of, around for, you know, we, we got our chance to talk to him. We'll talk about that. But he had yeah. to have hung around for 40, 45 minutes after the yeah. panel. I mean, to the point where I think the people that managed the McCormick Center rooms were like, okay, okay you got to move out now. The... Um, the thing, well, so on, on the same subject though, when we were, the, he had a group of maybe 20 retailers around him at first. Yeah. And so we were kind of hanging back and... a little bit, We, but I, I wanted to listen. One of the first people that had walked up to him said, I have 14 stores and until this is taken care of, um, I am not going to be ordering any Marvel trades or graphic novels. And... Um, I don't know who the guy was. I don't know what 14 stores he has, what chain it is. But, I mean, if you had – if this is one guy and there were five other pe- – four or five other people that had the same question and the same comment, I really think they're going to end up – they will have to do, start doing something about it. Because if you have 14 stores that say, we're just done ordering Marvel trades, you're that's going to – they're going to feel that. Yep. And – uh it's interesting, and you could see in the response that CB had, uh, like you said, he he's not blowing smoke. He's not he's not just no. saying you know like the the, the old no nothing party. Where, I know nothing, you know. I can't help anything. He was he was saying this is I'm going to go to bat for you. Yeah, this it's is not my department, I, but right. this is something I believe in, and I have a very he had a I think he used the words I have a very strong conviction about this because he. I mean, he recounted probably three or four stories from his childhood of when he got his first comics, when he got mail order through Marvel subscription, and then he when worked he went, for four when he years in the comic, comic store, and then worked at the yeah. comic store. And so, like, he kind of, and this was all sprinkled throughout the presentation. And it was one of those things where you could just see this: this is, this is, it's more of a passion project than a business for him, so to speak. Like, this is, he, he said, I still pinch myself every morning. I just can't believe it. Uh, so well, it was so infectious when we were. It was interesting because while we were waiting, and and again the way that everything's laid out at this retailer summit, one thing ends and another or two or three or four other things begin. So you have to kind of decide how you want to spend your time. Do you go to these panels? Do you go to these seminars? Whatever. And um, so people. It's not just like there's an hour in between this or that. So a lot of the people that were in there, most of the retailers. Oh, and right after, uh, right after the Marvel panel, that's was that when they had that was when they had the free donuts. Yeah. So a lot of people they had free donuts. A lot of people jetted out of the room by apparently like one of the top rated or the top rated donut place in the Midwest. So you know you offer a bunch of uh, comic comic store owners donuts and they're there. Yeah. So a ton of people filed out. Now we stuck around and there were probably about 20 people left in that room and they started slowly filing out. But while we were waiting to talk to CB, 
we ended up getting a lot of time just one on one with Jason Aaron. Yeah, we were just hanging around. Good twenty minutes. Yeah, just hanging around talking to Jason Aaron about everything from, you know, what books he's reading to, uh, we were talking about cheese curds and yeah, it was. I think the whole thing was, it was really cool. He's an awesome, down to earth guy. Yep. Uh, I was. I mean, we we. You know, that's the thing. Again, we've said this a lot of times. If you just talk to these guys, I see so many people, I see so many people go up and act like total, uh, I, I, like they've never talked to a a creator before. And it's so strange. And you just talk to them, just go up and talk to them and they will give you the time of day. You know, these guys are, are just a person like you and I. Um, but it was really cool. We got to talk to him for a while and then, Finally, um, CB had a little bit of an opening, so we went in. We got a little one-on-one, uh, two-on-one time with him for a while. Yep. And then afterwards, a couple other people came over to talk to CB again. And we looked over, and, and Jason Aaron was just kind of hanging out, waiting for CB to finish. So we went back and talked to Jason Aaron again. Yep. And uh, it was it was just a really, really cool experience. And a, a very – it was just so encouraging. Yep. And all the discussion that we had with with CB and and the enthusiasm that he had in the panel, I uh, am so much more excited now for Marvel and I th- than I, I was yesterday. Adding to not only his his direction, his feelings, his vibe was also the books that they're offering and they're showing. Yeah, the last couple of panels because we've gone to panels at San Diego and C two E two. Oh, and Daddy Kate's got a lot of name dropping. Yeah. But it was one of those things where we would watch the Marvel slideshows, and it was like, oh, three more Black Panther series, great. Oh, four more Avengers series that all are running concurrently and not tying well, in. Well, no, even that was more exciting than the Ugh. stuff we really got, because it would be like 45 minutes of, these are, the, uh, here's 19 slides showing interior the, art for No, showing thing. the uh, new Marvel phone game and uh, some of the points-based things that you can earn in it. We're like, oh my god. This is not what we need. Right. Yeah, so this was a completely different slide deck, a completely different approach to it. It was actually kind of very DC in its approach of quick hitting, showing you the cover, talk through the creative team, talk through the high high concept, show you two, three interior pages, move on. Yeah. And we covered a lot of ground, and uh, it, was, it was great. And then CB also addressed... Um, the 20th anniversary of Marvel Knights. They're going to repackage a few things for that. Um, so yeah, it was it was good. Well, why don't we just sum it up and, and say uh, give give Mar- <laughs> give Marvel a chance? We a year ago we were tough on them, yep. and I think that CB is the real deal. Yep. Um, so give give CB a chance. Give Marvel a chance, but give CB a chance. I think the guy is really going to bring his A game. Yeah, and having Joe Quesada with him. Uh, to kind of help just give him ideas of what worked back then and what didn't or, you know, be aware of this. And he, mm-hmm. and CB kind of stated the same. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a very exciting time for Marvel. And um, I also you know. noticed, and maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I read too much into things, but uh, Alonso certainly seemed to be sort of a... Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't. Well, I mean, yeah, he was kind of a pariah. I, yep. Nobody mentioned his name with regard to you know the. No one uh, said anything about him when referring to you know. Certainly, people talked about Quesada and people talked about Stan Lee and and your your more famous editor editors in chief. I do really wonder um, how bad the it may take time. How bad the break was between the two. But there was not a single Marvel-related uh, person that that even mentioned anything about Alonzo or the past eight years. So yep. interesting stuff. Just and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, after the Marvel panel, which was extremely exciting, the uh, we went to and we had mentioned earlier the uh, workshops that they had had set up where um, yes, we forfeited our second workshop to talk to CB and Jason Aaron. So, uh, was that the, were that the workshops or those are like the seminars or the, like the panels? Anyway, they, well, what they called the workshops this time were the, uh, 
Oh, I don't know what they even called it. Anyway, they, whatever. They've got these. They had the, the rooms where all of the other um, there were non-Marvel and right. well, no DC was set up there. They had like a. It was actually pretty hilarious. It's, <laughs> it was, it was they a card table. <laughs> they have the, the two rooms where all the rest of the companies are set up, and you know, Aftershock is a great setup, and Boom has a great setup, and all the Lion companies Forge that, had a massive setup. Lionforge had a big one. Dark Horse had a good one. Um, and you go around and you, you talk to, it's just like a trade show and you talk yeah. to the companies about what they have coming out and they give you samples and they ash cans and posters and, and they, right. they talk through, well, and sometimes too, it's for them, it's feedback. It's, it's understanding, mm-hmm. you know, what's working, what's not. Have you tried this product? Why didn't, why do you feel it didn't work or did it work and what can we do better? So, I mean, it's. Yeah, this this year they did it a lot differently than last year. Last year it was that we as the retailers were in like groups of 10 and we had to move every six minutes to the next thing and it was really a pain in the butt. Well, the this time, publishers hated that too. Yeah, whereas this it, time it was just like a, an actual standard trade show where each publisher, or each group had their booth and you, it was like a mini convention at the convention Yeah, where you as a retailer just walked up to the booth, you interacted with them to the level you wanted to interact with, maybe you just wanted to thumb through something, or you wanted to get deep into discussion. Right, and and again, that's where <laughs> that's where some of the, I think, fatigue sets in later at night, because if I just spent 20 minutes one-on-one with a publisher, and then I have to watch a slideshow of the stuff we just spent 20 minutes talking about, it gets a little old. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, other than that, I mean, we got, we made some, some really cool connections. We have some cool things, um, potentially brewing. We talked to, we talked to a couple people about maybe setting up some kind of a signing and I'll, and I'll go as far as to say, you know, we're, we're not blowing smoke on this. Yeah. We've we've got some, we've gotten some wheels in before. Um, so if we can make these pan out, it would be really, really cool for us. Um, but it was, uh, it was a a cool, cool retailer summit. I I think overall we, we were talking in the, in the car on the way back that we did less this year, but we accomplished more. Right. And last year, what we, we tried to hit all of these kind of panels that they had and everything. And we realized that we didn't really get much out of doing them because we sacrificed it was a lot of other opportunity. Exactly, because these things taught us a lot of things. That we, like we'd sit through a forty-five minute panel that would tell us like to have good customer service and uh, you know clean your windows. Okay, right, well, whatever. And we should have been building connections with publishers and uh, creators and and talking to uh, some of these some of these companies about. Um, how do we, you know, how do we get on this mailing list? How do we get on this advanced right. PDF list? And for the state of our business, we're at the thriving and growing stage. We're not at well, the how do we, how do we get going part. And so some of those seminars were a little bit more geared to, oh, you're you've got the training wheels on. Let's kind of, you know, help you learn how to bike on your own. Yeah. And and we, it just wasn't of value to us as much as like you were saying. Making connections, you know, spending that time with CB, getting a little bit of, you know, and he's aware of what, you know, what we've been ordering. He's aware of where we're standing and that that's awesome. And naturally DC is in the same place and Aftershock. I mean, these guys, they know, they see all of your orders. They know it. Oh, yeah. And so when you can continue to put a name to a face and you can have meaningful discussions about things related to the product that they're providing that you're selling, what's working, what's not, um, you know, I think that's huge. And I, I'll just say before we sign off, because I know we're both yawning endlessly here, but um, the one publisher that also came out tonight with quite a show for retailers was Boom. They Boom rocked it out. They did. Um, I mean, the one-on-one time that we had with them was great. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, I mean, we only talked to him for like five minutes. It was... Uh, Morgan and Philip, yep. right? Uh, and Morgan is sort of the she's the sales. She, uh, yeah, she's she's going to be the order. the face of Boom to retailers. Right. I, I think everybody knows her. She's got the thick black glasses. Yep. Um, I mean, she's got a lot 
she's got more energy than the two of us put together. Which um, at this point of the day does not say much. I mean, on her best. <laughs> uh, but, and she's really, a really uh, very nice and very helpful. Incredibly. And, yeah. And Philip is uh, a guy who, I mean, you, you can just tell he, he knows what he's doing. He knows yeah. his business. Um, and we talked to them for a little while and he, and we were told, <laughs> cause we were talking about they have the, the boom guaranteed program where certain books come out. And they have 100% returnability. Which we and, talked about last year at C2E2 because they had just rolled out yeah. the planning for that. Well, we've talked about publishers with that should offer returnability that don't, and how you know what would that have an effect? How would the how would that have an effect on the market? And all of a sudden, we have a company that does that, and we were talking to them about how we feel bad because you're this smaller company and we try you're to be offering responsible this and, and not right. take advantage of it and philip literally told us take advantage of me if you are not returning books which we generally don't no then you have not found your ceiling and i want you to order more i want you yeah. to waste my money to find your ceiling and it was and, and it just the way that he presented it was kind of like that moment where we both kind of had this oh all right because when someone says it's Every book, every new book, the first two issues are 100% returnable. We are respectful people. It's Wisconsin nice. We're, you know, do unto others as you want done to you kind of thing. So for us, you know, it's like, well, we've got three subscribers. Let's get five. And he's saying, you've got three subscribers, get 10. Try Mm -hmm. it. And if it doesn't work, send seven back. Well, and they know what we have and haven't returned. And I don't think we've returned a book to them in probably nine months. Something like that. And so we, we mentioned, we just made some quick comment to Morgan about it. She says, Oh, you guys are too nice to us or something. And, and she, uh, we were saying, Well, we don't want to take advantage. She says, Oh, and then she got Philip over. She says, These guys don't want to take advantage. She's like, Take advantage of us. Yeah. Uh, but then, so anyway, we had, a, we had a great little five minute interaction with them. But then when they did their, their presentation, I think they probably oh. were the ones that got the most, I, I would say, if anybody benefited, truly benefited from it, it was boom. Because they and aftershocks was good, yeah, good too. I mean, they they know what obviously they He's, we don't need yeah. to tell people they know what they're doing. Aftershock knows what they're doing, um, but uh, when he came up and did the boom announcement, I mean, he just it was one thing after another, and he kept him see because what I what I really noticed was sort of pushing certain. Branding on people. We are your partner. We are your partner. We are your best publishing partner. Uh, and he kept referring to, um, we want to sell books with you, not to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he really, the way that he stressed everything, it seemed to go over really well. I mean, you can gauge and, and to, I hate to keep going back to this well. But the average, the average uh, response to some uh, announcement during these presentations, once you hit about eight o'clock, is you know about two claps from maybe a third of the tables. Booms up there. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're offering you this, and it's like everybody's just yeah, you know, going, going nuts, nuts and. It was really, really cool to see Boom. I mean, I think that they because they just became a premier publisher, yep. and I think that Boom is primed to really take off um, this year and and moving forward. And uh, they are really going above and beyond what any other publisher is offering with regard to how they are willing to support the retailer. Yep. And it's not just offering returnability. It's offering deep discounts on things. It's offering, um, I know uh, one of the things that Morgan wants to do is sort of what Joe Pruitt did with Aftershock. And um, she she's going to go around to a bunch of stores and like work for a day in a store, you know. Yep. And, and that's a little different cause from what Joe did because Joe called it the Aftershock tour. So he went to a bunch of stores and would set up and do signings and things like that. And Eric is wearing an Aftershock t-shirt tonight. Proudly. Uh, but what Morgan was saying is that she got her start in comics working in a comic store. And she wants to go around to a bunch of stores and kind of work there for a day and see what's the process. You know, what is what are the thoughts that are going into 
what your customers are buying, how you are doing your ordering, how you're doing your shelving and your racking. And little things like that go a long way for your average retailer. They really, really do. I remember reading about um, how somebody from Valiant would go into stores and like work a random shift or something. Was it Dinesh? The old CEO? And he'd just like go in and work a shift at a, at a comic store or something and do a great job. And he was an incredible upseller for Valiant, obviously. He would sell his, his product. Uh, but that's the type of thing that if you are, if you're a retailer and they're putting that amount of energy into selling their, they believe in their product that much, you're going to believe in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to carry that enthusiasm over to what you're selling to customers customers what you're pushing on a customer what you're ordering what you're stocking how you're shelving it um subtle things like that i think yeah you're right boom got boom benefited the most from all of those presentations yeah yeah i think marvel and dc both had very strong showings aftershock had a continued strong showing that we were on that we were on and i would say boom was the one that was kind of the the uh the quiet sleeper that really made an impact on Mm -hmm. us this year so um, that's kind of the, the highlights that is, let you in kind of what we're seeing, thinking, things like that, what we're hearing. Uh, all in all, I think you already said it, James, and I would agree with this, is that this year we accomplished more that's of more benefit to the store, uh, considering we're growing, we're moving, things like that. It was, it was great. And, uh, tomorrow we've got some follow-ups during the actual convention with mm-hmm. a few of the, the, um, publishers as well to kind of go over a few final things that we couldn't get done today, which is great. And uh, looking forward to enjoying a, a convention of which we are not selling at. We're yeah. just, we are just consumers. We are the, uh, the regular folk. Yeah. We're going to go around and get some signatures. We're going to buy some stuffs, buy some stuff. We're going to talk to some, some friends of ours from certain publishers and, yeah. Um, you know, should have a good time. Maybe uh, some hibachi afterwards. Maybe, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, and head back home. Yep. So late night, two of three. Let's wrap it. Get to bed. Yeah, I'm done. All right. So for James and myself, we will talk to you next time. On behalf of all of us, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cowcast. You can find us on all the main social media outlets, including Facebook at facebook.com slash on Twitter at Incredicow, or on Instagram at Cowabunga Comics. To send an email to us directly, send it to podcast at cowabungacomics.com, or to join in the discussion, you can hop on our new Cowabunga Comics forum at forums.cowabungacomics, that's cowabunga with a K, dot com. 